Hi, Darlene. <laughs> hey, Lydia, how are you? Hi, everybody. We're doing a live stream to experiment for the first time with our new Yeti mics. Do you have your mic? I don't. Do okay, I do not. not. I don't. I'm using my computer mic as well as I'm trying to camouflage my, my um, headset. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I haven't seen you in six months. I think it's been since April, my mother's death. I haven't done any shows or I don't know. Has if it been that done. long? Wow. No, I know it's been one in June. Yeah, it's been a you while. So good. how are you? I'm really good. I have, have been deep in conscious, in a kind of a prayer where I turn everything over to good, to the love in life. And it's, I've been going through some struggles, you know, a lot of things at home. You know, life, life on life on life's terms, as you right. so speak. But tell me what's going on with you. Well, it's been it's been a very busy summer. Um, there's been a lot of activity as far as you know, my university job, God shots, um, just the children, the grandchildren. There's been a lot of activity, so it's been kind of busy. But it's been good, and there's been a lot of folks. Um, contacting me, asking about God shots. They missed us. Yay, thank you. <laughs> live stream, we're trying an experiment. And I'm going to introduce you in a minute and tell what the show is about. Sure. But let's start over. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm 27 years sober to most of the people on Facebook. And I had a crash and burn, and I call it a spiritual awakening in 1994. <clears throat> Excuse me. September 11th, 1994. And my entire life changed. And I had a really rocky 20, 30 years before that of kind of hell on earth, even though it looked all good on the outside. And as you know, you've had the same kind of story in a different way. And I created a show called God Shots, a trademark about the uncanny synchronicity of life because I'm not religious, um, but I am spiritual. And I was raised in a more metaphysical religion which is about consciousness, like Wayne Dyer talks about. But you come from a different background. And then we met after, you know, I sent you a letter. My lawyer sent you a letter saying you can't use the word God shots. It's trademarked. And you were all upset. And we talked on the phone and we realized we need to be a team and come together and share this beautiful stuff because we both have had so many God shots, so many coincidences that have changed our lives. And it proved to me the magical coincidences that, point to something much more in life than what meets the eye. In fact, Correct. I now look at these coincidences as proof and evidence that there's this beautiful undercurrent of the invisible harmony of the universe, the health, the goodness, and that's what's real. You can't see it all the time, but that's what's real. And the more you seek Correct. it, the more you'll find it. So take it away, Darlene. I want to hear about your story a little bit in a nutshell, and then we can go on to what's going on today. Okay, sure. Well, you know, it was interesting because I was going through some really rough waters when um, I created God Shots because my, my version of God Shots, um, because there was just a lot of issues going on in my life. And everybody that's listening to this probably understands. Sometimes you just get, it's like punch, punch, punch. It just keeps coming and you just feel like you can't get back up. Right. And, um, so I started getting God shots and it started with the seashells that I found on the beach um, that the God shots didn't start there, but that was the moment in time that I knew that it needed to move into the public eye, that it can no longer just be a privatized thing by myself, that there was something much bigger than myself going on there. Yeah. 
And that's when I started God Shots with the help of a man that lived in Roatan, South America. So when you think about that, I'm in North America, he's in South America and created my website only to like two and a half years, three years later, after all the work and effort had gone into it. And I think it's a very beautiful site to get a letter from an attorney that says cease and desist. (laughs) (laughs) And that is how I met Lydia. So for anybody listening, if you ever have an event that seems catastrophic, because believe me, when I saw those words cease and desist, I was not happy. I was already in turmoil and that just added to it. But look at the beautiful friendship and relationship that has come out of that. And so- every, Let me just interrupt for one second. And sure. the seed of every bad thing that's ever happened to me is the silver lining of something much better. That's you right. can't give up before the miracle. And you know, I don't believe miracles are unnatural events. I think they're actually natural law when you think the right think- way. But that's another subject. But that's yeah, true. everything bad that's ever happened to me turned into something good. I'm not kidding, everything. And it, but you know what, when you're going through it, it feels like you're never going to get through it. And here's something very interesting I want to share with, with you, Lydia, and the viewers. Um, I, I just, I happen to have adoration today. Um, and for those of you that don't know what adoration is, I'll just share with you. It's a time that you spend um, in a church with the Blessed Sacrament exposed. And supposedly, it's a very powerful time. Um, I, like Lydia, am not this real religious freak. I mean, I find solace in church. And I think yeah. it's maybe because nobody will look for me there. <laughs> I'm hiding from cops and nuns in the church. You know, it reminds me of Sister Act and Whoopi Goldberg. It's kind oh, yeah. of like she's hiding out in the convent, you know. That's <laughs> <what I'm doing. laughs> so I think I go to church just to hide there. I don't know, for, for peace and quiet. But so today, this most interesting thing happened. So I was reading this book about a saint, Blessed Anna Marie Tiji, who is a saint in the Catholic Church. And one of the things that I underlined and starred that I wanted to share, and she was known as a mystic, okay? And it says, the great mystics are not outside humanity. They dominate it. They are the heroic forerunners whose task is to transform humanity at the roots. They begin by giving an example. So what happens to us with these God shots and we're coming together and we're speaking about them is not unique to us, but we're willing to step out of the boat, so to speak, walk on the water and bring it to the public because, yeah. you know, we're, I mean, we're not unique. This is happening to a lot of people. As a matter of fact, I talked to a woman this morning um, who lives in Northern California, actually, who was sharing God shots with me. And it's just so cool when they start coming together from all over the place and you think about, okay, how, how did I meet Lydia? How did I meet Annie? How is this happening? And it's just the coolest thing in the world because I'm not making it happen. It's just the natural ebb and flow of life. And that's through the spiritual realm, which absolutely, I mean, I believe that there is a spiritual realm as well as a physical realm that we can see. And we as human beings are mind, body, spirit. And it's like the triangle. It, you have to have all three. Absolutely. So, if you think about it, I, I look at prayer as the invisible transfer of love to another. And everything's invisible. Thought, everything starts with a thought. You absolutely. can't grab a thought and put it in a box and look at it. A thought <laughs> is invisible. And, every, and actually, wherever we point our thoughts is the, the direction we'll end up in. 
So yeah. you have to be very careful to guard your thought to keep it loving. I mean, to love your neighbor. If you're if you're hating your neighbor and calling yourself a Christian and you're mad at that guy next door because he's not wearing a mask or, or wearing a mask or not whatever, um, that's not going to get you into the narrow gate where you're going to, you can right. turn in the other direction at any moment and change. That's why there's nothing, no one that isn't redeemable. But yeah. to get away from that for a minute, I just realized what happened, the theme of the my past month has been helping others. Because I've read over and over every single day in the past month, I've come upon a passage that says, the more you give, the more you receive. The minute you help someone else, you are then helped and blessed something comes back to you, 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 whatever you, the more you give, the more you receive, it's a circle. Right. And it's really interesting how I, I was really lazy about having to do a show today. And I was going, I want to write my, I'm in the middle of writing something and I'm so excited about it. For the first time in 20 years, I went back to a project that now there's life in it. And, and I, and the minute someone called me and I realized, oh, I better pick it up. He may need help. My energy came back. I can't be selfish anymore. I can't keep anything to myself anymore. Right. It's been like I want to just like right. be alone sometimes and be in my cozy <laughs> little corner. And you know what? It's not, it's like a little bit of you dies when you withdraw from the world. Mm -hmm. You need mm -hmm. to help others. But you know, but, but you know, here, here's what like the biblical realm says about that. If a seed doesn't go into the earth and die, it can't grow as a plant. Right. So oh, you're saying you're saying the same exact thing, right? And so what what oh, do yeah. what do we need to live? And the big book in Alcoholics Anonymous tells you that sunlight, air, water. You know, it's just like it's just like you're tending to a garden, and we are the garden that we need to tend to, and we need all of those wonderful things that God provides for us, right? Um, and so exactly what you're saying about the love, Lydia. And, you know, it is with love that we come together to share ourselves, our stories, our past, um, our hopes, dreams, and desires for everybody else out there that has them too. Yeah, everyone has these things to share. That's not, that's absolutely sharing right. them more often. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of what I see being shared in the news and on TV and in shows and different things that we're watching is really kind of negative. You know, there's a lot of negative. Kind of negative? It's like... I don't know how young people are surviving if they're, they're not. watching the news at all. Any channel on the news. Right. There's one good news network I know about, and she tells only good news stories, but. Yeah. But yeah. Really, people are really suffering. I mean, suffering from the standpoint that every time you turn on the news, there's something different. There, there's another uh, mass murder. There's another uh accident there's another thing going on in our world between and countries and it's it's very frightening i think it's very frightening for our children and they're becoming apathetic i cannot tell you as a practitioner how many young people i see with depression oh and on medication no because they don't know how to cope i mean it's, I it's trying to talk to my own son about these principles i've learned through sobriety which is the opening of the door getting sober in the 12 step program opened my mind to this. There is a solution and it's very fast. It is the easier, softer way in life. It really is. It's not just about the drinking, it's the ism underneath it. It's that low self-esteem that I, I had an abuse, abusive mother, you know, borderline. And I had to learn to love myself. I know this sounds so corny and cliche, but 
until you can really realize your own value, you can't help others. You right. can't give away what you haven't got. That's and right. I want to help my kid. And he's like, mom, I don't want to hear anything spiritual. He thinks it's about this religious thing. And it's not. It's really the inner power we all we all have. We can tap into it. We all have it inside of us. It's the love that heals. That's absolutely correct. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned the word ism. And for any new people that are joining that may not understand what that stands for, it's I, self, and me. So when you're focused I on I, self, and me, you don't have time to help anybody else because you're so self-absorbed and that's ego at its finest. And what does ego stand for? Edging God out. So when, out edging God out, right? So when you do that, you don't have the possibility of having all the one, you don't have the possibility to see all the wonderful miracles, all the God shots, everything. It happens every day, every day, every day, probably every minute. And we miss it because we're so busy into our own selves. You yeah, know? I have this saying, if you have one foot in tomorrow and one foot in yesterday, you're pissing on today. <laughs> you really true. only have this one moment, really. That's true. And if you're going to kill That's it true. by worrying, worry is ingratitude in advance. It's like not being grateful for what you have right this minute. Right. And like we talk about, the quickest way to access this power or, or some sort of serenity in the moment when you're in a panic attack is to breathe and think of five things to be grateful for. Just mm -hmm. do I have my eyesight? Do I have a roof at least over my head today? Enough to eat today? Because we don't, no one knows about tomorrow. That's right. Sounds, you know, and people that, it, it does, but you know what people, and this is what I teach when I'm with people in practice. If you're in tomorrow, you're anxious because it's all unknown and it's going to cause you to be very, have anxiety. If you're in the past, it's depressing because right. we all, because we either we've made mistakes or we want to be someplace where we were for, cause you all, we all have those mountaintop experiences that we don't want to leave. Right. Yeah. And if you think about it in the past and that's the only place you want to be, then this is quite depressing. Right. Or if you go into the past and think about the mistakes that you've made that led you to the where the spot that you're at right now, that can be depressing. But if you stay right in the moment, it's the gift. Today is a gift and the present. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so that's, I think that's the basis of where you and I come from is staying in the moment, um, having principles to live by, right? There's and so many things about you that were coincidence. There was no way it was an accident that we met. Right. Through that mm -hmm. weird moment where we had this little fight and then it, we were, oh, there's a gift here. You know, I certainly don't want to hoard this gift. Or this, this, yeah. this uh, I've had so many of these coincidences that there's no way you could ever think they weren't some wonderful winking setup from the Absolutely. magic of the universe or, you know, some yes. call it God, you know. Yes. Gotcha. And I, I want to tell, I want to tell folks this, which, which I find is pretty funny, actually, when we met, it wasn't really a fight. I mean, it was just kind of like cease and desist and okay, whatever. My lawyer then, wrote that letter. And then, and then it's kind of like, you know, I met her and we started talking and we had so many similarities and I feel now like, like seriously, like you're my BFF sister, you know, it's kind of like, I miss you. I like seeing you. I mean, I had so much fun when I got to see you in California and I can't wait to see you again, whether it's on the East coast, West coast, it's just a great time. And we always have that ability to just keep talking. I mean, it just keeps coming, you know, which is really awesome. And so I'm anxious to start 
pulling other people into these conversations yeah. and getting it out to public. I almost feel, I know it sounds weird, but I almost feel that I want to take this gift because I do believe it's a gift and just watch it bloom and become the antithesis of what people are really hearing all the time. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Fill, if you fill your heart with love, yes, you'll drown out the anything else. It's all you're going to see in your viewfinder. If you fill your right. heart with the joy and the beauty, the nature that, you know, even if you have a crust of bread left or a crack in your coffee cup, I'm grateful for that because it shows I'm alive and I can see it. Yeah. Right. It sounds so corny, but when I'm at my worst moment, I always have the most growth. I don't grow a lot when I'm really just super materialistic in a happy a space of just complete, all the creature comforts are here. That's true. You know, I rapid growth when I'm suffering. And then I don't want to learn by suffering anymore, though. I, I think we need to more. <laughs> well, I don't know that we're going to do that. But, you know, I do want to share with, with our listeners that if you look, and I mean, I know that, you know, I come from a scientific background because I am a nurse practitioner, doctorally yeah. prepared out of the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Yay. Um, okay, that's a little plug for them. Um, but anyway, so it's, re it's really awesome. And, um, you know, I, I did my I did my capstone project on spirituality and spiritual concept. And it was just, it, I had some of the most dynamic findings on how prayer and spirituality really do interact with human health, right? Well, this is my favorite topic, neuroscience and prayer. This is what I want to go into in depth. Yes. Tell us more. It, 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 you know, it's just so incredibly awesome to think that we can take these moments in time and share them with other people and we can actually create hope in somebody's life. We can, I mean, not that we can do that. I mean, I think that we're going to use a tool, but when you talked about love and I want to go back to something because talking about the spiritual part, you know, I also um, have a degree with theology background. All right. So I've read the Bible a few times. Do I understand it? No, probably not, not any better than anybody else does. Okay. But the one thing I know in Mark chapter 12, it talks about um, the commandments. I mean, you know, they're really found in the Old Testament. But in this particular thing, it says the first two commandments are love God with all your mind, heart, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. Those are the top two. It's love all about love. love, love, love. How do you love? You give. You give. And you know, yeah. I, yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you something. It's the strangest thing in the world. I can give away my last loaf of bread and somehow two more will show up at my house. Oh, I, I know. Isn't that weird? I'm telling you, if you double Wayne Dyer, whom we both love, talked about tithing. And he says every time he gave 10% of his income, he would get back triple the amount back. Royalty checks would come out of nowhere for old books he wrote. He go yeah. and money would come triple, yes. quadruple the more yep. yeah it's giving and i'll tell you somebody else and this was totally random yesterday right um i was able to actually go outside yesterday for a little bit and i was doing some cleanup because you know we have winter here so you've got to get all your summer stuff in and do all that stuff and um i was listening to matthew mcconaughey like a 43 minute speech that he had done and he is on the same page with us. I know, Greenland. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know, Matthew, but if you hear this, 
you need to call us because we we need you. I mean, the, just the 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 sturdiness and the soundness of his advice and his twelve. Oh God, that you said that because right before you said that, I was going to tell my Matthew McConaughey. I have a little thing I say, which is, I read somewhere. I think it was that great philosopher Matthew McConaughey who said, "All my suffering is is the result of thinking about myself too much. When I'm helping others, I'm happy." You know, I have that as one of my opening lines in something I've been writing. Is it really? It's, a, it's sort of a joke, you know, that great philosopher Matthew McConaughey. But it actually is, he's kind of on that same wavelength that we're on. He, he really is. Enough. He really is. And you know what? I read something about him where he spent some time in a, in a different country finding himself spiritually. I want to say Peru. Um, I'm not sure I'm actually correct on that. But it was, it was someplace like that. And just that's it being quiet, listening, listening. You know, there's an interesting fact, and I was talking to another professor about this today. Um, A university once did a study just to see what would happen, and they took their speech class, okay, the syllabus and everything that the student was going to get in the class, and they, they, they duplicated it, but they changed the title of it. So one thing was learn how to speak, right? And then they used the same exact format, but they titled it different. And it said, learn how to listen. And so the students had an opportunity to sign up for one or the other course, right? Do you realize that nobody signed up for learn how to listen? Oh my God, really? Everybody want to learn how to speak. And speaking is great. But you know, we can learn so much. We have two ears one mouth. Do you think that maybe there's a reason why that happened? <laughs> I, like that the saying, I like to say, take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. Yes. That's one of my favorite. It is. That's really, yeah, I like that one too. I do. So back, so back to the, the medicine and the spiritual okay. connection. What did you want to discuss there? Well, you did a study. Tell us about the study you did at the university. Now, Darlene uh-huh. is a Darlene is a scientist, a doctor, a nurse practitioner, and also has this amazing story like I have of having a really crazy life where she found this power, the spiritual power within, and she's also a pastor. Mm-hmm. So she, you're every you're kind of the coolest woman I know. <laughs> I have a lot of cool women. Coolest or craziest. But, and you're also, you've been down that dark hallway, which we've Ooh. both been there, you know, yes. we've crashed and burned. We both had our depression and our suicidal tendencies. We've been there. Absolutely. So we just, so I'm so happy about life ever since I found this thing. I want to tell everyone about it. It happened for me 27 years ago. Yep. And mine was 17 and a half. So, and it, I mean, it has changed my life entirely changed my life entirely for the better. And I was, I thought I was losing everything. I mean, I thought, how do you do anything without a drink? How do you do that? I didn't know how to do that. Without a drink or a drug. I would take any drug you gave me in high school. And see, I never, I never took drugs. I was a beer drinker. So look at the difference. And I just thought, oh, how can you get yourself in trouble if you're just drinking Bud Light, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I chugged the hard stuff, vodka, you know, in a bottle to come down off cocaine. <laughs> see, that's, oh. yeah, see, I, no, I've never experimented with any of that, but I can tell you that a simple six pack, right? I drank more than a six pack, but landed me in the same spot 
that cocaine, acid, anything else lands somebody in. If it changes the way you think, and if you're not functioning properly, it's not right for you, you know, and it it wasn't right for me. And so this has just been so much better. Um, And most of the things I've done in my life, believe it or not, started after I hit recovery. it really did. So it's, so that's very, very exciting, but you wanted to hear about what I did with the university yeah. of Alabama. So, um, my capstone project was actually about, um, prayer and the effects that it could have on a lipid panel. Now, for those of you that don't know what a lipid panel is, that's just like your cholesterol, HDL, LDL, which is a really big deal because that's very important to the function of your heart and your heart's the major pump in your body. So, with that being said, there's certain people out there that maybe their cholesterol is 230, 250. They don't want to change their diet. They don't want to get on any kind of statin drug. They don't want to do anything about this, but they're kind of in the danger zone, right? Because you don't want to have plaque buildup and end up having a, a massive coronary, right? You don't want to do that. So I did this study and we picked people out of a practice, a 7,000 patient practice. And we picked the people that were at that 230, 250 level that weren't doing anything. And we got people into the study. They didn't have to change anything. They didn't have to change their diet. They didn't have to go on medication. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was once a week for 12 weeks, they came to the study and they would learn a new prayer every time they came and we would talk about it. And then they were asked to say that prayer once a day between then and the time they came back the next time. I can't even begin to tell you how people loved coming. They wanted to keep going after the project was over because we just had so much fun talking. They did a Likert style test at the beginning and at the end of the study. They also did a lab draw. We did a lab draw at the beginning and the end of a lipid profile. And 75% of those people that came and participated in this study believe it or not, had a decrease in cholesterol, a decrease in the LDL, and an increase in the HDL, which is exactly what happens when you take medication. I love it. Yes. It was perfect. Now, the other 25% actually had increases in all of their lab work, which was not good. Yeah. But here here was the connecting piece that I noticed. In that test that they took before, yeah. Um, there was a question on there. I am angry some of the time, most of the time, all the time, none of the time. And for those people that their anger level did not change, they it didn't work. Prayer, I mean, oh. it, and so anger oh plays a really key role yeah. in how we function. And I, I, I know that much. Um, prayer plays a really important role in how we, and so people say, well, what's a prayer? You know, I like to keep it really simple. I have three boys. They don't want to hear all this blah, blah, blah. And so I just tell them a prayer is merely a wish turned upward. That's it. What do you wish for? Say it, say it out loud. That's it. Can't be wishing for someone to die. (laughs) Your mind has to be a little bit more loving. (laughs) No, let's hope it's not happen you know um, desire is prayer really it's it's and gratitude and it's sometimes seeing it with thanksgiving thank you for this beautiful day thank absolutely you for my work going well today thank you for my food on the table it's like really and truly very simple mm-hmm. gratitude is thanksgiving too but yeah. there's a doctor a scientist who did electron microscope experiment uh dr emoto the japanese doctor and a lot of people know about this he um he took a water molecule 
and they played violent music over it and 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 violent curse words and they examined the water molecule with an electron microscope and the molecule splintered into thousands of pieces very ugly and it exploded then they played mozart over another water molecule and prayed some beautiful prayer wow. and played harmonious music where music is sort of the prayer of the spheres because when it's balanced and in harmony it feels like it comes from divine origins and this beautiful music and prayer and the water molecule became the most perfect crystal snowflake with a pattern so beautiful. Wow. Our bodies are 95% water or more. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what that would do for your body if you were to simply go within and really talk to yourself in a loving way and say, if there is a God or if there is this, this beautiful, whatever created the, the beautiful flowers and trees and all the good in the world, mm -hmm. created me. I'm not here by accident. No one is. And talk That's to yourself so in a loving way. You're worthy. You're valuable. You have one source. And that love and harmony actually does help your health. And I've seen it, that stress, a genetic scientist told me that stress causes or is the root of almost all disease, 89% at least of disease, has its origins in stress and worry and fear. All those things cause the synapses not to communicate properly your nerve endings to fray. And it's like, you can actually go back to meditative serenity. And if you need to listen to meditative music or what you said, prayer to me is the fastest way because I really do believe there's one source. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's so cool. I want to do these experiments with thought as well. I'd like to measure thought waves. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that, them, you know, I haven't really looked for those kind of research studies, but I'm sure that they're out there. If I mean, not, I, you and I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't mind because I'm a scientist at heart. So I, I, I wouldn't mind doing that really. Um, but yeah, I just find, so, you know, I've had people, and, oh, here's something really that I do want to share. I've had people come to me and they're like, you know, you're so optimistic and positive and you always believe in the good, right? Does anything bad ever happen? And it's almost like, you know, really, is this like really true with you? I get that all the time. They have no idea. The struggle. Right. Exactly. And I've got to tell you something, you know, when we talk God shots, when we were talking just a few minutes ago about everything has a silver lining, everything eventually turns out for good. Bible tells us that in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of God, for those who are called into his purpose. It does not say all things are good. No, it says all things, all things are good. Work work for good, right? right. Um, oh, I just lost my thought because I was going someplace. Oh, I know what it was. So I've had recent God shots that were not good. They were, they were scary. They were overwhelming. They were fearful. They, I mean, but when I can look back on it now, I know absolutely it came from God. Everything does, right? Close the window, and, keep talking. Yeah, and, and I had to grow through that pain. I had to experience. There was no, there was absolutely no way that I could be sitting here and talking to you today without going through some detrimental points in my life. It just couldn't happen. I mean, if everybody's life was always just a bed of roses, you're right. You said it earlier. We would have no growth. You couldn't grow. You couldn't grow shadow and light the mm -hmm. valleys and peaks honestly or the joy but tell mm -hmm. me what tell me i can't wait to hear these um be honest 
the the recent ones whichever one you want to share if you can you know just just some recent um real heartfelt hurt happened you know like when when you um watch somebody destroy themselves and there's not a thing you can do about it right yeah, and I you know. just have to let it go you just have to let it go and um you know this is happening with my children you know i have some you know i have issues happening that i don't even know why they're happening and every day i just pray and i ask god i'm like i know you have a plan and i know there's a reason help me to love help me to see help me to be calm help me to breathe through this you know don't let me make wrong moves and so far i feel okay you know not the best when it comes to that but i know that at the end game it's going to be a thousand times better but right now i'm walking through some real sorry yeah difficult times it's that serenity prayer help though grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change yes courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference and that's the key part the wisdom to know the difference we have no control over anyone else no only our reaction to them we don't and you know just just a piece of advice maybe for people that are listening to this and saying man i really want to want to learn about this and I really want to do this and it's fabulous because I mean I I gotta tell you like right now people that are first coming in the rooms or people that are first coming into um I don't know any kind of God situation and they're learning there's such excitement because they see you know they they were blind and now they see and it's just so exciting and the miracles start happening and they see them and it's just so fun you know but eventually you also go status quo. And so the good and bad are coming in together and you kind of have to walk that road. You know, like the God says, the road is narrow. The road's narrow. It doesn't have a lot of room on it for, you know, playing around and- Selfishness uh, or hatred or anger. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive. yeah. You know, I told you my body actually, I think what happened to me is that I went through three years of anger toward a person in my family and I think it created some issues that weren't needed (laughs) in my body. And I actually feel like the forgiveness I went through, I went through nine months of forgiving this person and it kept blossoming like a rose unfolding the love for her unfolded to where now I don't have any issues with her at all. And that healed my body. You have to realize how important emotion is. Mm, Forgiveness, ending someone love, shining love on them. Don't retaliate. Do you know, I mean, I don't know if, if the, the viewers or the listeners know this, but I mean, just so I can, just so I'll share my experience, stress, anxiety, anger, those are like lethal to our body. They will cause cardiac events. Those emotions will cause cancer. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And, you know, you get, you get fair warning, you know, like, like example, cancer doesn't usually just come on out of the blue, right? Usually there's, when you can sit back and really think about it, I mean, at least the people that I've interviewed, 
they're like, yeah, for about five or six years, I was carrying a lot of baggage. Yeah, I was pretty angry. Yeah, I was this. Yeah, I was that. Yeah, I was going through a really terrible divorce for four years. I mean, just the stuff that you hear and you start putting the puzzle pieces together. Exactly. It's, it's toxic. It's toxic. And so what, what's the word? Okay, fear. Because everything basically boils down to fear. All of it. Whether it's hatred, whether it's um, anxiety, whether it's, um, I don't know, dislike. If you really get to the core of it, it's usually fear. Like we're afraid that we're going to lose something we have or not get something we want. Right. And so when you look at that word fear, you can face everything and recover, or you can F everything and run. But guess what? You can't run far enough or fast enough to get away from yourself. Just can't do it. Wherever I go, there I am. Whenever there's a common denominator in all my problems, and it's me. If I'm right. not, if I don't get along with people, I go, it's her fault, it's his fault. No, it's me. I'm the only common denominator in this pro- in the problem. It is you. I mean, I'm not saying it is you, but I'm the asshole. <laughs> Usually, but you know, I always tell people this. So when and I'm just gonna make so when you point a finger at somebody. You've got three pointing back at yourself. Exactly, you know? and all pointing back at me. And so when you think about that, it's like, oh my goodness. So you're right. It's always us. It's always ourself. And oh I find God. that when I find that when I recognize that, and I'm like, oh, this is all about me. And I change my attitude. Or sometimes I have to walk away. Sometimes yeah. I have to walk away from people and not talk to them for a while not answer their phone calls for a while, you know, yeah. that's what I have to do. You know, I'm not a big blocking person. I, I don't believe in blocking people, mm-hmm. but sometimes like I I've had to do it recently. I didn't want to, but I had to, and it was the best thing for, for a lot of people involved. Just gotta be done. Well, right. I think it was wise that you did that for a certain person. If I think it's the one you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I just had, I had to right then and there be done because it was just too toxic. Yeah. And so sometimes you just have to stop. You have to just stop and say, okay, this is me. And what do I need to do for me? And, and then just do it. You know, Um, I want to say hi to a bunch of people in the audience, Jerry Walters, Valerie Christian, Bob Barnett, Mike Ogando, David Shook, Jerry Walters again. There we go. So many sweet Efron. John, oh, Stephen Casoy, one of my best friends. John Antolotti, Antolotti's the best Italian restaurant in New York. What is it? And it's still going to be John Antolotti, Antolotti's near the UN building. It was my favorite Italian restaurant in New York. Um, A lot of cool people are on today. I'm sorry. Hi, Lydia Gibbons, Howard Burke. Hi, everyone. I can't see your name. David Schechter. Anyway. Gonna, I'll check all of you out later and I have everything being recorded so I can read all of your messages. Thank you. That's really awesome. Yeah. And that's something too I'm thinking about. Maybe somehow we got to figure out how we read those messages as we're going and kind of comment to them as we go. But yeah, we'll do that next week. We'll start reading them that, you know, yeah. this is the first time I've been on the air in months. I put everything it's on like, hold to accomplish It's so that exciting, action. you guys, to be here with you. And I'm just so excited you're out there in the audience. Yay. And it's if I ever- having a live stream, we haven't done this ever before. So thank you for bearing with me. I've never done a Zoom live stream before. So it's kind of cool. Um, but you're just a wealth of information. I want to hear more about 
any journey you've been through lately that you've learned something from or any coincidences in God shots that you want to share? And how can we start helping people? It's not that we need to help them. We need to open the door to show them. I was talking to Daniel Lockwood, one of my favorite people also, who's going to join us on another show. And he said a lot of men don't really feel good about talking about anything deeper. They're taught not to. They have trouble accessing their inner self. They're embarrassed easily. He said he just wants to show them how to start the inner work, how to start the journey on discovering your full potential, who you really are. You know, what's holding people back? Why are we depressed? I happen to believe it's materialism. We're a materialistic society. Absolutely. Focuses only on money and box office gross and how much somebody's making and (sighs) the constant envy we're holding again. You know, when the cast of Friends was on the air and our show went off the air and then Friends comes on and they each got a million dollars a week. Mm -hmm. All the actors I know that were struggling were still going, damn it, those Friends. But we were happy for them because they showed it could be done. They, they yes. held out with all the producers well, to get. And you know something you just said, and you're taking me right back to Matthew McConaughey and what he was talking about on that, that um, podcast I was listening to. And he said that his success started when he quit worrying about, is this going to be a hit? Is it going to be a box office smash? Is this going to work? He's like, I went and I did what I loved to do. That's and, it. I, and I entertained people. It didn't. And then he said, it didn't matter to me if it was a hit or not a hit. It was a hit for me because I was doing it. And oh I God, just, I love this. And, and it's like, just follow your heart. It's put in your heart by God, good orderly direction. We all good have God it. can be good you know? orderly direction. G-O-D. Yes. Or a group of drunks. Yep. Well, okay. But you know, you asked me about a God shot and I want to share this with whoever's on here listening, because this is the funniest, funniest thing in the world, in my opinion. So Lydia, remember when I was out in California in March, we went and had lunch and we were talking during lunch and my time at my, my life at that point in time was a little bit hard and a little bit rough, especially with relationships. I've not had the best experiences with that sector of my life. And anyway, we prayed. I'll never forget this. And I hope you all laugh. Please laugh. This is supposed to be funny, right? I laugh. So we prayed about, because she's like, well, why don't you just pray for the type of man you want, right? And so I prayed and I said, okay, like here I am. I'm thinking I'm on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast. I want to spend more time with her and do things. So I said, okay. So we started praying. I said, I want a pilot and somebody likes to ride motorcycles. <laughs> And Lydia says, oh, can it be godly? And I'm like, yeah, that too, right? And so then here's how, I believe this is how the higher power works. So that happened in March. In April, at the end of April, I went to an event that just was going to be support. It was supporting our church is what it was doing. So there was a comedian from LA that came in and he was doing the, the show and it was really nice and it was really unique because he was from out there and coming back here. And, um, Anyway, so I'm at this table and I don't know this, this guy, these people, whatever. And so he starts talking to me and I said, oh, so what do you do for a living? And he goes, well, I'm getting my pilot's license. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what did you just say? And so anyway, so we were talking and then at the end of the night, he's like, can I have your number? 
I, like I said, relationships aren't my real, my really my deal. And so I just said, well, oh, and I looked at him and I said, do you ride a motorcycle? <laughs> he pulls up a picture and he goes, does this count? And I'm like, yeah, here's my number, right? Well, what I didn't know was a month before that he had lost his nine-year-old granddaughter. I'm sorry, she was eight at the time in an accident. And so here's one hurting person with another hurting person that God brings together that today we have a beautiful friendship. It's really, really cool, you know? And, And it's almost like a healing relationship, like two damaged souls came together and we can kind of laugh and talk through life and it and it makes it really nice and so the reason i'm sharing that is because to me that's a god shot oh my god that's not, you know need meets supply that's what a god shot is often where a need meets supply mm-hmm. like i told you about the trumpet i i, I was completely broke my husband my ex-husband was a con art. well i shouldn't say this on the air he, we had such a great forgiveness and great repairing of our relationship but at the time he kind of left us and abandoned us and put his bad debts in my name. And I was in deep in debt. And this guy came to fix all the locks in the house and fix the uh, plumbing and do a lot of handiwork. And I didn't have enough cash to give him. And it was a $400 bill. And at the end, I, for some reason, I saw a trumpet sitting there that I was going to sell on eBay. My son had a brand new trumpet in a case. And I said, did you, do you have any kids? And he says, yeah, I have a daughter. And I said, does she play any musical instruments? He says, yeah, the trumpet. And I said, would you like a brand new trumpet in lieu of pay? And he went, we love it. He's been saving up to buy one. And this was a much more expensive trumpet. And, I get, and it was like, sometimes those things happen and you don't know, they're just so beautiful when you don't stress and worry. Anyway, yeah. that's just a financial God shot. Yeah, it is. But I mean, those, those are the absolute God shots. They can be anything. I mean, I've seen them in nursing. I've seen them in the hospitals. I've yeah. seen them in churches. I've seen them in everyday life. You know, I've seen them on the beach, uh, in, in police officers' lives, firemen's lives. I mean, they, they're just so everywhere. Just everywhere. Keep in mind you have to be in to, have to experience this synchronicity. And Carl Jung wrote a book on it, the famous... Um, famous psychiatrist mm-hmm. who believed in dream and believed in the um the subconscious and the conscious he was much more aware of spiritual consciousness than freud was but he believed mm-hmm. in synchronicity as a mathematical probability and he says when connect when events connect that have no reason to random there is some source of connectivity that I and mean, he tried to prove it through a book called synchronicity he coined the word so what state of the mind do you have to be in to kind of conjure this beautiful, I call it magic of the universe? What state of mind? Like to me, I'm in a state of surrender. And I surrendered that first day and waved the white flag and said, I give up. I can't stop drinking on my own anymore. I'm a basket case. I was a radioactive drop down blackout drinker. I almost dropped my baby down the stairs in a blackout. And something led me to an AA meeting in the Good Shepherd Church. And I I didn't believe in God. And I raised, they said, are there any alcoholics present? My hand shot up without my permission. And I felt like that just admitting it, 20 years of hell kind of rolled off my back and I felt lighter. Mm-hmm. Then all the, all this beautiful, like, uncanny coincidences started happening in that meeting. I've never had a drink since that meeting. Explain that. What was the state of mind that produced that? The surrender? The you know, willingness? 
see, I see, I, I don't know about that. Probably the surrender and the willingness. But when you take a look at the steps, if you take a look at step one, two, and three, and for those of you that may not know about Alcoholics Anonymous, step one is where you just kind of admit that you're an alcoholic. Um, yeah, you know, you just kind of say that you are. Step two, you come to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. And step three, you turn your will and your life over to that power, right? And so when I keep it really, really simple, I just say, I can't, he can, and I think I'll let him. End of yeah, story. That's good. That's my story. My way doesn't work anymore. I've done everything humanly possible to make fix myself and it hasn't worked. I give up. Yes. And when I'm in that state, I'm, I'm malleable. I'm pliable. I'm listening. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I had an open heart that day and I listened and I heard things I've never heard before. Yeah. There was love in the room. There was so much love. Yes. And so many people wanting to help. And suddenly I felt lifted up. And then the mad, then unbelievable things happened. But I believed in a power greater than myself because they they did. At first, I needed them yes. to believe first. Yes, I yeah. agree with that. A loving power, and, though. And you know what? Like I had been born and raised in a church, and I had been in there all of my life. And you know, a friend of mine who has since passed away from cancer, and I just loved him dearly. He did this analogy, and I think that it is so true for me. He likened the church to the NFL, like the NFL football league, right? And he likened AA to Sandlot football. It's the same concepts, yeah. <laughs> only so much easier to understand in yeah. a dark, dungy basement where you can smoke, right? It's the same thing. And I will say that, you know, I had all that church experience and all that history, and I did not find God there. I found God in those rooms. That's where I found right. it. I didn't yeah. find God in church either. I found it in this tangible, visceral, gut-wrenching experience of walking into a room against my will almost and just listening and just suddenly being available to, to hear, being willing. Willingness is the key to that third step, which is became willing to believe. What's the third step? I forgot what. Uh, willing to, to turn our will, our will and our lives under the care of a loving higher power as we understand that power. And if you don't want to believe in God, it's fine. You're not told you have to believe in any religion. It's that you have to believe that you're not the center of everything. Your, your small, petty, materialistic-minded ego, that small, primitive reptilian brain we walk around with, it's always telling us, I'm not good enough, and that guy's an asshole, and he's cutting me off in traffic, and carrying resentments, envy, fear. That can't be in control of your life. Exactly. It's a much higher level. To, to slip into that, Einstein said, no problem can be solved at the same level it was created on. You have to go to a higher level. To me, that's the spiritual level or the diplomatic level or this, the peaceful level. Right. What do they say? You can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. That's, that's the Einstein quote. Yeah. Yeah. And the so same mind that created a problem. Right. And so you just have to get different thoughts and different ways of looking at things into into your realm and yeah. I find this is this is just me speaking for me um when you are in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous it has a single purpose and that purpose is to help people recover from alcoholism right yeah and so when you're in there all you're hearing is stories about tragedy or how they did it better or what what happened 
and you just, it's not about money. It's not about what you're going to buy next. It's not about somebody's kid. It's just about one thing. And that helped me be able to just focus and listen. And when I was listening intently on just one topic, I was able to absorb it and digest it. I think sometimes that our world, we have so much stimulus coming at us at such a fast pace. Um, you know, like I'm multitasking constantly. You know, am yeah, I going to be yeah. patient? Or am I going to see students? Am I going to answer the phone? Am I going to do an email? Uh, what is my, what do my children need? Oh, my grandkids, this, I, it's just like, okay, too much, you know? And so, so Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Put, throw that in there too. You know? So, so I think it's just a matter of slowing down, slowing, slowing ourselves down, staying in the present moment, enjoying what you're doing for, for the second, you know, do I have any idea why we're doing this? Not really. I know God does because I know that this is not a mistake. I know it's not a coincidence. Um, I know that something is coming out of this. I'm not sure exactly what. It's going to be better, better and bigger than anything I've thought of and touch more lives and more hearts. And that I'm very excited for, you know? So think about it. Love. What is it that it's interesting? I was watching myself. I had to overcome, um, a background where there was a lot of fear in my family's life and in my mother, God bless her, rest her soul. Um, and I watched her care more about what other people think than what we were all doing at home and looking And there is, there's a saying that giving someone your undivided attention is the biggest gift you can give them. Being a good listener, really hearing them. When someone dies, you don't want to be telling them advice. You want to hear them so they can feel being heard, being heard is one of the primary requirements of a relationship, you know, in addition to sex and everything else. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's the three C's in any relationship, right? It's communication, compatibility, and chemistry. Uh-huh, exactly. And so you just want to look at the three C's. And there's a book out, and right now, the name of the author, I'm not remembering it. That's too bad. But it's a really, Patricia, Patricia somebody. But it's a really good book on those three C's. Um, I love that. So it's, it's important. It's important for us to stay present and to listen to others and to, to have people, you know, to allow, to be approachable, to be approachable. Well, it's interesting because I, as I told you earlier, whenever I'm in self-centered fear or I'm in my own um, head too much and someone calls and I'm annoyed that they're calling, I, I, the minute I turn it to, oh, how can I be of love and service? I come back to life. It's weird. I, I, that, I, that turns out to be a gift all the way around. I get the gift back. Yeah. I can yeah. be selfish sometimes. I can be, an, like I said, a, a real jerk. And I walk around sometimes angry and then I have to remember, oh, it's practice. It takes practice. And like you were saying, we were talking early about the seed planted. I feel that this last few months for me and maybe another month is a time of sowing and planting because that's what I want to do more than anything is really sow and really get this right. I came up with a new theme of my whole book. I didn't even have this earlier until my mother died in April. And we had the funeral May 22nd for Chuck and mom at the veteran cemetery. And I, the whole family came together and my son showed up. It was, and then I found letters my mother had written me that she never sent. I looked through, I found really deep stuff, dark stuff that she had written begging forgiveness and then didn't send it. And I saw my childhood and what I was, I had a borderline personality mother. 
That's worse than bipolar. There's really no cure for it. And I was able to see her childhood. Her mother locked her in a closet and wouldn't let her out when she was a tiny little girl for days on end. She, she didn't think girls were valuable. It was abuse. And I was able to forgive my mother, forgive myself for many mistakes I made. I beat myself up with a hammer like this. I'm the worst person to myself most of the time. Um, and this has been the most beautiful process of unfolding a story and finding out what makes a good soul. I'm interested in what makes a good soul, not looking at murderers and serial killers and what drives somebody's petty ego. We all know what drives the lower, our lower nature. Mm -hmm. Not that interesting anymore. Man's dark side is not that interesting to me anymore. Although we do watch a lot of serial killer shows and forensic mm -hmm. files, it's kind of like a drug. You know, I sometimes feel like our society is needing to be amped up and turned on all the time by danger and fear and and even uh, more spicy food in a weird way. This is going to sound crazy, but wasabi and all these, we need more and more to get us high. That's and that's right. another form of addiction in a way. Yeah, but sure. the calm thing you just said about peace, being still, going within, finding out what you really are about, finding how to be a good person, how to turn the other cheek, how to love your neighbor. I mean, our society is desperate for this stuff right now. We've got to start Absolutely. loving Absolutely. And you know, I challenge anybody that's listening today, if you have something that's troubling or something that you're worried about or somebody that you dislike or something in your life that seems upside down, I challenge you to this, to pray for that situation for two weeks, 14 days, mark it on your calendar. On that 14th day, something will have changed and you're going to see, I don't know if you'll see a God shot. I don't know if you're going to see... Um, something wonderful happen or the, the situation removed or what is going to be, but it always is. It always is two weeks, just two weeks, every day, once a day, just pray about it. Just ask God, say, I can't do it. You can, I take it, take it, take care of it. By the way, there's a, there's a theory that if you envy someone who has a lot of money, don't hate them or envy them. Pray, I mean, pray, think, wow. Think good thoughts about it. your thoughts really matter more than anything. That's right. That's the root of everything. The thoughts you hold and harbor. I've seen right. a person fighting and I turn it to love. I saw a cop try to arrest a man and I thought that poor man is a homeless guy on a bicycle. And I started putting divine love in the picture. And there was this beautiful resolution. You can do that for others. You can do it for yourself. That's right. To, to hate the rich or to hate the person who has what you want. No, love them. And it's really, it's contrary action. Do the opposite of what your primitive side would do, the lower nature would do. Because you know what, you're absolutely right when you're talking about thoughts and Joyce Meyer, I don't know how many people I know. Again, but, but that's exactly, she's written books and has tapes on where the mind goes, the man follows. Exactly. And that's what you so said true. about two weeks of prayer is so on the mark because in the AA book, it says, if you have a resentment towards someone, if you pray for them every day for two weeks, to yeah. me, prayer means sending love to them, shining mm -hmm. love on them, shining the light of happiness, seeing them thriving, seeing them happy, not just right. wishing it, but seeing it will turn the entire thing around, wishing for them to have everything you want for yourself. There's yeah. plenty to go around. 
It, it really does. And it does work. I mean, you know, sometimes it's not going to work in a day, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes yeah. it takes a long time. And one of the stories, because I see I'm looking at our time and I see that I'm trying to stretch my eyes over there to see, and I see that we're coming up on the hour mark. Um, really? So I would just like to kind of end this by, by, by sharing this. So years ago, um, I was involved with, with a woman, a friend of mine, and some things went south for multiple business reasons and a lot of things. And we went our separate ways. It's the craziest thing in the world, but for 13 years, 13 years, I, I was in the program for 13 years. Okay. So I had joined AA in the program for 13 years sober. And this girl was on my amends list, but she was on the never page. Like I'm never going to do this. Right. But okay. I have to put her there. So I'll put her there at year 13 of sobriety. My cell phone rings. I answer my phone and I heard her voice <laughs> and she had gotten herself in trouble, went to some AA meetings and they gave her my number to call as a woman. <laughs> so I hear her voice. I knew immediately who it was. And she's telling me my name is, this is what happened. I was told to call you and it's anonymous. So she doesn't know who she's talking to. Right. And I'm just sitting there and I'm taking it all in. So at the end of the conversation, I said, do you have any idea who you're talking to? And she's like, no, should I? And I said, and I told her my name and she went, oh my goodness. She goes, well, will you meet with me and talk to me? I said, yeah, let me call you back. Well, then I got off the phone. I called my sponsor. I said, nope, nope, nope can't do it. Not going to meet with her. And she goes, you will, or you'll drink because God has brought this to you after 13 years to clean it up. So I called her back and I said, okay, I'll meet you. Right. So I meet her at the designated little coffee shop and she starts telling me her issues. And I said, wait, before you go any further, there's something I have to say to you. And she goes, what's that? And I said, I owe you an apology. I said, because I've been very angry with you over some things that happened. And I explained to her and she looked at me and she went, and honestly, like we sit down in front of each other and it was like, not a day had passed. Like it was just, and it was 13 years later. And so she just kind of went, oh, well, I haven't thought about you in 13 years. And she goes, I'll be right back. I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, she was renting space in my head for 13 years. And she hadn't thought about me, right? And listen, I got to make my amends. All of that anxiety about her left my body. I've never had it back. I've never seen her again. That is amazing, Kleena. That's a good job. God dropped her in funny? and moved her out. And folks, I'm telling you, I know it sounds crazy, but if it's happening to me, you got to remember, I'm from Weirton, West Virginia. I'm a nobody. <laughs> it's like you're just looking at like the real deal. I mean, I and there's nothing special about me. If this ha stuff happens to me, it happens to everybody. It's just everybody. That's what this is about. I, I, you know, nobody knows my real story about how low I really went. And it's, I'm writing it in this book, but it's a recovery memoir, but there's a lot of the, the, the journey is fascinating. All of us have our own unique journey, but we're all kind of the same. Absolutely. We're triggered usually by the same things. We, we live in a society that puts an emphasis on looks, wealth, and, and what you're wearing and what yeah. you weigh. I mean, God, we got to get over it. I know. This right? is the key to everything. This is the law. There's a law in the universe of harmony and health and beauty and goodness. 
goodness, yeah. truth, and beauty are actual laws in the universe. And when you get into the stream and the flow of life, things really, all the bad stuff kind of falls away. It's a shift of your thinking. Right. And I think this can be, I don't want to say a grassroots movement because I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but I've heard it and it sounds yeah, like, I like it. <laughs> but, um, but you know what, to, to have people that would join this and start talking about this and, and, and making the, the good orderly direction of things, the positiveness of life bigger and allowing people to focus on that instead of all the negativity that's happening. Yeah. I really think that we can change the world. I believe that with my totally. whole heart and soul, my totally. whole heart and soul, because you know what? My children, their generation, they're done with formalized religion. It's kind of like, you know, you've got priests that are accused of raping little boys, money oh. being stolen, 9 million different denominations. I mean, they're just looking at that going, oh crap, you know, exactly. And, but they still have that foundation because we're all born with that spark of God in us. So it's like, so they're looking, everybody's looking. And I am just so excited if I can even help one person. And I will tell you that the most amazing thing, um, a girl that I have met recently, and I've been working with her and talking to her a lot. She had no family background in religion, faith of any sort, Right no personal background, didn't know anything about God. And today she is the most faithful person that I know in a two-year period because God's doing it for her. God is doing for her what she cannot do for herself. And he'll do that for everybody. When we use the word God, we're not talking about, and I don't think you are either, the fear and punishing guy in the sky with a long white beard throwing down me. You're going to be punished. No, it's love. It's It's love. love. It's the most... Whenever I have a regret or a fear or a piece of guilt, that's not from, from the God of love. No, never. It's and you know, one of the most beautiful thoughts. That's right. And I was raised in a family and my parents, my grandparents were from the Ukraine. So if this word sounds familiar, I was always told growing up, Bush is going to get you. Bush is going to get you. And I had to say, yeah. what's Bush? Like, I didn't even know what that was. God, that's their word for God, Bush. Well, they think it's a bad thing. Oh. That's oh no, so Buzha. Buzha means God. Yeah. And I believe it's Russian, Russian oh, or yeah. Ukrainian. But anyway, Buzha is the word that means God. And so anything that I did, like if I would do something or have an extra cookie or do something I wasn't supposed to do, Buzha is going to get you. And oh, I was gosh. always afraid of God because it was just like the most punishing thing. I never knew any different until I started on this journey. And now I understand that it is nothing but pure love. And you know what? When we make mistakes, it's just like us with like a little one-year-old child. It's like, come here, honey, pat, pat, love you, love you. Let's try again. And I believe that's what God does for us, you know, and thank goodness, because <laughs> this girl's had. They don't learn through punishment. They learn through no. reward. You that's know? right. That's right. That's a hierarchy. Yes. And so oh this is God. just, been a... what's that? Go ahead. Finish I was just going to say, this has just been a wonderful segment. And I'm, and, and Lydia and I kind of always play off of each other like this. Like we can yeah. just start talking about things. And um, I'm really just super excited that we had some people listening in today and we went live on Facebook for the first time. That's exciting. You are um, the most delightful person and you're so wide. And I love that you have a background in science and being a doctor and, and knowing all these other things, but you and I are going to put together um, some experiments where we talk about where we really thought do thought experiments 
and prayer experiments more and more. I really want to do this. And I want to show how energy moves in the body. And we can, we can probably try it for discovery channel. I think the best thing, I mean, this is just me coming from a scientific point of view and doing research before. If anybody's listening in the audience or knows anybody that would like to get involved with something like this, that's the great starting point because you need subjects that are willing to try and you have yeah. to have, you have to have a study group and a control group, you know, you have to do those things, but I actually believe in that. And I think it would be fun to do. And people could actually come on and talk about it themselves, you know, what they went through. So that's fun. I know of a case of a woman who had cancer, pancreatic cancer, and she was scared to death and she was assigned a project to, to think about, to add five things to be grateful for every day for 90 days. And she did that. She drowned out any other negativity. This is going to sound like not just positive thinking because there's a true source of it. 90 days later, the cancer was gone. Verified healing, a verified testimony. And it was from dwelling on the beauty, the goodness, and the truth of her being. That we're kind of, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And we should wear the world as a loose garment. You've heard that before, right? Right. Yes, absolutely. Not be so attached to every. We're, we're, in a, we're in a constant state of outrage. Watching the news, I'm like getting whiplash from the chaos going on. I don't I even watch, watch it. I do not even watch the news. I turn off the news and I start focusing on the good in others. And I don't want to know your politics. I don't want to know anyone's. That's the, the higher side of me. Of course, I do engage in that occasionally. And then I feel like I have a hangover the next day from yeah. going down the wrong path. So. Forgive me, anyone, if I've hurt your feelings. I'm going to try better, try to do better. No, I think I think you do fabulous, Lydia. It's wonderful to see you. You look great. Uh, it's just always a pleasure to be on with you and talking with you. And um, I'm glad that you're got, you've gotten through the summer because I know it was not the easiest time in the world for you. But you know what? You're going to come out the other side and you're going to have so much stuff to share with people stuff that's a terrible word but you know what I mean thank you no I know and thank you you've gone through quite a summer oh my god someday we're going to tell the true stories <laughs> but anyway I love you and thank you for visiting with and we're going to do this next week again okay so we're going to make it regular and we we're going to have a more formatted show but it's going to be a podcast as well in fact as soon as we're done I record this for the podcast on anchor okay Spotify it'll be all over Awesome. Can you turn can you turn off the recording at this point? Yes. Okay. Perfect. And thanks for visiting everyone on Facebook. Thank you. <laughs>